Hello, Orchard Archivers. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Caramel Apples Podcast. I'm Kennedy Rizzo. And I'm Cooper Lee. And this week, we have quite the treat. (laughs) We're going to engage in a fascinating discussion about the megastar legend and icon, Olivia Newton-John. Are you ready? Let's go. influential personas in the realm of history of both the music world and cinema. She is one of Hollywood's best-known songstresses with a sweetness and signature style that's easily detected. She's also one of the most successful entertainers in the world. She has a massive number of commercially successful and critically acclaimed credits and tracks and films to her name as either singer, songwriter, or actress since launching into the pop culture sphere. Yeah, so Olivia Newton-John was a British-Australian singer, actress, and activist. She was a four-time Grammy Award winner whose music career included five number one hits, and she's also known for numerous familiar top ten hits, and who has sold an estimated 100 million records worldwide. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She has arrived. (laughs) She's getting there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Olivia Newton-John was essentially an icon in every sense of the word. You know, when you hear the word icon, it really gets tossed around so much of the time. You know, too much of the time, to be quite honest with you. But when it came to (laughs) Olivia Newton-John, now she was a true icon. A legendary superstar of unsurpassed beauty, style, and talent. This simply is the truth, Kennedy. Yes. (laughs) Something else we want to quickly put out there before we dive into our discussion on Olivia Newton-John is her talent definitely had the industry stand at rapt attention. Mm -hmm. 11 of her singles and 14 of her albums have been certified gold by the RIAA or the Recording Industry Association of America. You know, you don't get those kind of accolades if you don't have the true talent to support it, right? Word! (laughs) (laughs) But as you said, Kennard, we really are, you know, getting way ahead of ourselves right now. (laughs) There's just so much to go on and on about Miss Olivia (laughs) Newton-John. So where do we start? Well, our discussion has only just begun, and Olivia Newton-John has already come out swinging. (laughs) But before we go any further into some of the exciting facets of her shining career, let's give a brief glimpse into how things got started for her, shall we? Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) So Olivia Newton-John was born on September 26, uh, 1948 in Cambridgeshire, England, that's the UK, (laughs) to parents Brinley Bryn Newton-John and Irene Helen. 
She was the youngest of three siblings. Her father was born in Wales to a middle-class family. And her mother, on the other hand, was born in Germany and had come to the UK with her family in 1933 to escape the Nazi regime. Mm. Yeah, so how's that for some deep, rich family background, right? Goodness, that's quite interesting, Coop. (laughs) (laughs) This is not all what comes to mind when we think of our pop star icon this week. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. Well, I certainly agree with you. (laughs) So fast forward a few years in early 1954, a five-year-old Olivia Newton-John and her family immigrated to Melbourne, Australia on the SS Straithert. Fun fact, Olivia Newton-John originally wanted to become a veterinarian, but rather chose to focus on performance after doubting her ability to pass science exams. Well, (laughs) unfortunately, I know that feeling all too well, (laughs) but I digress. (laughs) So at the age 14, Olivia Newton-John formed Soul 4 a short-lived all-girl group with three of her classmates where they often performed at a coffee shop owned by her brother-in-law. So soon after this, she continued to explore her budding career in entertainment where she sang and appeared in and on television and talent shows. One of those shows being The Go Show, (laughs) where she met and eventually collaborated with fellow Aussie Pat Carroll her future duet partner. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So we see that things are really coming into clearer focus as she dips her toes into the entertainment realm. So the poor kitties and puppies weren't going to have been graced with her presence, I guess. Yeah, they were shortchanged. <laughs> but the rest of us got to benefit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, And a lot of fans probably know this information about Olivia Newton-John, but caramel apples like you and I, Kennedy, are always learning something new and fascinating about some of our retro topics. Oh, yeah. So there was a lot of fascinating backstory on Olivia Newton-John. So in 1965, she entered and won a talent contest on a well-known TV program where she ended up winning the prize, which was a trip to Great Britain. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which through much encouragement from her mother, the whole trajectory of her career took off for so many adventures and, you know, all that excitement to be had. Oh, adventure and excitement indeed. <laughs> <laughs> the following year in 1966, Olivia Newton-John recorded her first single, Till You Say You'll Be Mine, in the UK for Decca Records. So it's around this time that she teamed up with her duet partner, that of being Pat Carroll, um, in which they called themselves Pat and Olivia. (laughs) (laughs) And they end up touring the nightclub circuit in Europe. So they worked well together until Pat's visa expired. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Red tape. (laughs) Legal red tape. (laughs) Where she had to probably return back home to Australia. Meanwhile, Olivia Newton-John stayed in the UK to pursue solo work until 1975. So, you'll, again, you'll have to check out some of her other work her, that was early on in her career during this time. Mm. I mean, there's actually so much she explored and accomplished, which heavily contributed to some of her more familiar successes. Nice. 
But that's exactly where we're heading to, Coop. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> so in 1974, the Live Long Love song was released in the UK and was chosen by the British public out of six other choices. Hmm. Fun fact. Olivia Newton-John admitted that she actually disliked this song a lot. <laughs> Bleep. <laughs> just hope she didn't write it right right (laughs) but it must not have you know been that bad for she released an album in both the u.s and canada that initially dropped the eurovision entries in favor of uh gearing more towards country flavored tunes intended to capitalize on the success of that same titled song so if you love me let me know title track was that album's first single and reached the number five pop spot as well as number two country which is her best country track to date so her next single off of this album i honestly love you ballad became her first pop number one hit and holding that spot for two solid weeks Mm. yeah (laughs) but then it went on to earn two more grammys one for record of the year then the other for Best Pop Vocal Performance, Female. This song literally became Olivia Newton-John's signature song. (laughs) (laughs) The huge success of both singles helped the album Live Long Love reach number one on both the pop and country album charts. So on that note, fun fact, did you know that Olivia Newton-John's first hit song, I Honestly Love You, was actually featured in the feature film Jaws in 1975. Oh, what? <laughs> I totally remember hearing it in this, in this movie. So you can hear an excerpt of it playing in the background during the beach scene right before Jaws decided to make a snack out of <laughs> our young beachgoer, Alex Kentner. But this isn't the only connection or reference made between Olivia Newton-John and the film Jaws. Stay tuned and you'll find out what else transpires. Oh, that is majorly cool there, Cooper. (laughs) I mean, being that Jaws is one of our all-time favorite retro throwback films ever. (laughs) Facts! But you know, I know exactly which scene you're talking about now because um, it's just one of them things you blindly, I don't know, when you're consuming retro any kind of entertainment you just kind of blindly do so (laughs) yeah 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 do you want to hear something real crazy though yeah i remember the song but i honestly did not realize i did not make the connection that that was olivia newton john you honestly didn't realize that i honestly love you was olivia newton john no because they didn't even do the The, you know, the, what do they call it? Where you're actually, she's saying the actual title of the song. Like, it was just kind of like at the beginning of it. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but I could so hear the song in my mind now. I mean, that's <laughs> totally Olivia Newton-John. I, I can hear it and connect that now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, because you're like, I know the voice, absolutely. Good grief. Sometimes, I you know, you look in the mirror and you think, who's staring back at me? That is not a very... <laughs> that's not a very in tune person Ah. (laughs) absolutely amazing what else you got there cooper (laughs) so we just mentioned a moment ago that olivia newton john had dipped her toes in the country music scene right right so here in the states there was a little kerfuffle with olivia newton john's country music angled success 
The debate arose among purists who took issue with the foreigner singing country-flavored pop music. Uh-oh. Being placed with original native Nashville artists, like, you know, their gold, probably. Oh, wow. Didn't know that either. Yeah. But despite the pushback, she went on to win a Grammy for Let Me Be There, as well as being recognized as the Country Music Association, that's CMA, Female Vocalist of the Year in 1974, making her the first British singer to have received that honor. Oh, good for her. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and accomplishing all this while going against the odds. Truly, yes. Yeah. And she did, even beating out fellow Nashville greats. Big name nominees like Tanya Tucker, Anne Murray, Loretta Lynn, and Dolly Parton. What? <laughs> Nashville gold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Talk about being up against heavy hitters, right? Jeez. Yeah, she's just right. <laughs> But this very protest led to the launch of a short-lived Association of Country Entertainers, or ACE, uh, that was soon eventually supported by the country music community. Olivia Newton-John even recorded a song together with Dolly's fleshly sister, Stella, uh, called Ode to Livia, which was done right there in Nashville. So cool and very heartwarming to see that type of support for her as her singing career blossomed. It most certainly is. Couldn't have happened to a sweeter person, I might add. I agree. (laughs) There's so much more rich history involving Olivia Newton-John, but we still have some other highlights to discuss about the iconic superstar. Oh, cool. So shortly after the country music connection, improving herself there, she officially moved to the States in 1975 as a now well-established songstress. So fun fact. Olivia Newton-John had attracted a few cool nicknames over the course of her electrifying career. Fittingly, she's been called Livy, Lovely Livy, Owen J, the Goddess. <laughs> but this one I absolutely love, which will segue us into the next example of her career exploding. That of Olivia Neutron Bomb. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> That's cute. That's <laughs> cute. I don't know. It sounds like an appropriate wordplay on the popular Pointer Sisters song, The Neutron Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's so very 80s right there. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yes. Oh, so right before we deep dive into what we know and are most familiar with when it comes to Olivia Newton-John, We just want to make mention that right before everything literally exploded for her career-wise, that Olivia Newton-John was named Best British Female Vocalist by Record Mirror Magazine for her first solo album entitled If Not For You. She began to crush the adult contemporary charts from there on out. So let's jump right in. (laughs) Okay. Now, let's be quite honest and get to the heart of what's truly made Olivia Newton-John a pop culture icon, shall we? Olivia Newton-John's career started blazing white hot after she starred in the film Grease in 1978. It was the film adaptation of the Broadway musical of the same title. Now, honestly, in my brain, I, I, I would have had those switched around, you know? 
Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I would have thought that the movie came first and then the, the play was after that, but okay. I stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she landed the lead role of Sandy, where she played the role of a high school senior. Fun fact, Olivia Newton-John was actually a bit concerned about this due to an earlier film project she was part of and had her experience in Tomorrow. Did you know that Olivia Newton-John was actually 28 years old uh, while she was doing the film of Grease? Oh, really? Yes. I think they do that a lot, you know? Yeah. Maybe because they're like, well, at least you have the maturity. You have the look we want, and you have the maturity to pull off the the act. But these people (laughs) are definitely not the age they're portraying. (laughs) That's interesting. It is. It's like, who cares that she was really 10 years older than what she was portraying, right? Fact is, yeah, she was beautiful, energetic, and was made for that role. Exactly. I mean, that's what acting really is all about, as you just said. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I know real quick, though, like, this is embarrassing because I probably watched Grease for the first time, I'd say back in 17 or 18. Yeah, I did not. I bits and pieces, bits and pieces only. I was not familiar with Grease. You're head and shoulders above me. I still haven't watched it. No kidding. <laughs> I never watched it. <laughs> oh wow, just the stuff you'd see in pop culture, and that's about it, right? Right. Yeah. The songs. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> we, you know, Coop and I always talk about our girl squad. <laughs> So one of our girls that we grew up with, um, she absolutely adored this movie. And I think she said that she watched it. She binge watched it when she first got familiar with it, like 14 times in a row. Like she loves this movie. Yeah. Completely her cup of tea. (laughs) It's so very different than how her life turned out. Like this, like this is complete like night and day 180. (laughs) But this is her jam for real. And she's like, nope. Grace is where it's at, so that's what it is. That's so cool, too. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So this is a neat caramel tidbit right here. Um, But the creative execs were nice enough to accommodate and account for her Australian accent by actually changing things up from her original slated portrayal of an American character, Sandy Dombrowski, to that of Sandy Olsen, uh, who, curiously enough, is an Australian who vacations here in the States and then moves here later with her family. So here's an Carl Apple tidbit we hinted at just a few moments ago about another interesting connection between Olivia Newton-John and the throwback feature film Jaws. Okay. So check this out. Fun fact. Did you know that Grease became the biggest box office hit film of 1978? Grease was the biggest box office film of 1978, but was the third highest grossing film of all time behind, get this, our throwback film, Jaws of 1975. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. So it's so neat that she is connected to that movie a couple different ways, you know, through history. Yes, that is crazy. And it's funny how a lot of stuff in entertainment are connected. Yes. You know, oh, no, we'll have to do something like that. Uh, Show on that, that whole six degrees of separation. That would be interesting. 
Yeah, I think it's pretty scary in Hollywood, but we will have to look into that. <laughs> no. Okay, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> One of the shining catalysts that contributed to Greece's awesome success, outside of Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta's, um, you know, their pairing, goodness, even the combined enjoyable chemistry from the rest of the cast was the electrifying soundtrack that sprung from the film. Ah. Oh no, dude! It spent twelve weeks at number one. That spawned three, count them three, top five singles showcasing Olivia Newton-John with "You're the One That I Want." Which see, that's familiar. We knew that song. Yes, yes, absolutely. And that was a nice duet with John Travolta. Um, Hopelessly devoted to you. There we go. There's another one that we're yep, like, yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> that one was at number three, and Summer Nights was at number five too. With John Travolta. So, you know, Summer Nights, that's one that I don't, I can't even begin to pull a tune up in my head. Oh, really? Yeah. I bet you if I put it in or whatever, Googled it, I'd probably be like, oh, okay, that. But right the second, I cannot even drum up a melody. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it was like, it was like a uh, very 50 sound. It was like, dun, 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 summer days and summer there nights. There it is. Okay. <laughs> That's all I got. I mean, I can't remember the rest of it either. We got grief, people. That, that's, but that was enough because it's like, okay, got it. <laughs> Very cool to have not seen the movie and still be like, okay, know the songs. Got it. Strong pop culture. It, that's right. Uh-huh. And and I guess that's when they're like, yeah, we struck gold because we, we you know, got in on the music scene. We got in on the film scene. You know, everything was... It's a big moving project, and if they were able to influence on all these different levels, they're probably like, "We don't care, just as long as it gets out there and people know we make money." <laughs> That's right. That green is rolling. <laughs> That's all they care about. Exactly. <laughs> so, fun fact: Did you know that the track "You're the One That I Want" was filmed in one afternoon? Oh my God! Really? Mind blown, right? Yeah. Olivia Newton-John is without a doubt deeply connected and synonymous with Greece, and she effortlessly contributed to one of the most successful soundtracks in history. Oh, that is sheer crazy. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> Man, and, and her role of Sandy in Greece turned her into a megastar, mm. even though she already had a ton of success as a singer. Mm -hmm. John Travolta was her love interest, uh, greaser Danny Zuko. <laughs> So Grease rang in the 50s craze of the 70s, and it became the biggest hit of 1978. So that opens the way for me to be able to share a couple of cool fun facts with you. Oh, great. Fun fact one. Did you know that Olivia Newton-John's first on-screen kiss with, was actually John Travolta in the opening scene of Grease? I knew it! Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That is sweet because their chemistry was pretty undeniable. Ah, see, and you've witnessed it. You saw the movie, so you're like, yeah, this makes sense. <laughs> yes, because you can't fake that. <laughs> Go on. Fun fact, too. Olivia Newton-John's performance as Sandy Olson is ranked number 89 on Premiere Magazine's 100 Greatest Movie Characters of All Time. Wait. Like a boss. <laughs> <laughs> we can't argue with this 
Grease was a very well-made film with an infectiously good storyline with even more entertaining and relatable chemistry and a primo cast of characters that really resonated with audiences everywhere. Mm -hmm. Grease is a household name and film even after all of these years. Like seriously, who hasn't seen or heard of Grease? Uh, Everybody on the known the spinning rock except for y'all and ma right <laughs> but we have heard of it we have heard of it <laughs> that's right we have been redeemed <laughs> that's why that's there <laughs> oh buddy so we're really cooking in on our discussion about olivia newton john so far mm-hmm. um, and again there is really so much we could go on and on about greece I mean, there really is just so much to know and discuss about it. But like Olivia Newton-John went on to branch out to other projects after Greece, we too are urged to move on. (laughs) (laughs) So by 1980, Olivia Newton-John was still recording memorable tracks and appearing in other films. She did a duet with the wildly popular Andy Gibb, younger brother of the notorious group The Bee Gees, um, with the song I Can't Help It. Later on that year, she starred in yet another film, the first since Grease, entitled Xanadu, um, alongside iconic Gene Kelly. Yeah. So, this musical fantasy was, how can I put this nicely? It was quite a weird, very dated stinker of a film. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty bad, Cooper. Oh, no. I mean, like, literally, not even Olivia Newton-John or Gene Kelly could save this atrocity. (laughs) It was horrible. Oh, my God. (laughs) So you watched it. I did. And it was was early in the pandemic, looking for stuff to to see different. It was 80s. Okay, yes. So I subjected (laughs) myself and my poor hubby to it. And he fell asleep, like, within five, ten minutes of the film. And I was asleep another ten after that. It was... Oh, no. It was painful. So you probably missed the best part of the film, which were the ending credits. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Wow. You know what? I think I do remember that you said that when you watched it last, um, but the soundtrack was pretty cool. Uh, possessing the song Magic, suddenly a duet with Cliff Richard. Woo, woo, woo. He was cool back then. Yeah. And the title namesake song Xanadu, along with the Electric Light Orchestra. Don't ask. <laughs> it's very fitting for the times, along with the storyline and plot surrounding none other than roller skating. And there it is. <laughs> We've touched on that already. <laughs> like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show.
Yes. Seriously, roller skating, that's what drew us in. <laughs> I'll, I'll let my hubby off the hook. That's what drew me in. And I was sadly disappointed. I don't know, because it was just like, this was supposed to be good. It had a Olivia Newton-John in it. Yeah. You yeah. think with the two, roller skating and Olivia Newton-John, you should be set for a good time. Yeah. And real Sorry, quick, it didn't was... work out that way. I, Me too. Because, <laughs> I mean, like, we were desperate for entertainment. This was the beginning of the pandemic. Come on. Right, yeah, and probably not something you would have thought about at the time, you know, if everything had been normal. No, but it, it was kind of on my to-do list, because I do like to look at nostalgic stuff, so I, 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 I'm kind of half and half on that. Okay, cool. Yeah, but anyway. Um... <laughs> How do you clean this mess up? <laughs> Well, after Grease and Xanadu, Olivia Newton-John gave her career a makeover similar to that of her character Sandy. Her albums became a bit edgier and pop-like, which became massive hits. So Xanadu came out in 1980. Um, A year later, in 1981, uh, Olivia Newton-John released her most successful album to date, and that was Physical. So as she stated at the time, and obviously this really resonated with her fans, Olivia Newton-John revealed that she wanted to do something happy because that's how she was feeling. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You know, you feel that energy, you do it. You do yes. it. So this was the 80s after all. So we've got headbands and leg warmers and aerobic getups and all that. <laughs> wow it's like you threw everything from the 80s and threw it in a blender and you had this oh totally and and (laughs) with her video and this song olivia newton john she she was the business with this she was very 80s (laughs) she was (laughs) (laughs) so her album physical went double platinum and the title track stayed atop the billboard hot 100 list for 10 weeks wow that's some staying power. It is. Fun fact. Physical was her biggest hit, selling over 2 million copies, and, and we just shared, <laughs> spent 10 consecutive weeks there, starting in oh, November 1981. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those days. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> November 1981. Oh, that video. You know, it was actually deemed too racy by some, though. Mm. I wonder who that might have been. <laughs> yeah. So, fun <laughs> fact Olivia Newton John's song ruffled some feathers indeed and was actually banned by a radio station in Provo, Utah. Oh, that's interesting. For its suggestive lyrics. Hmm, need we say more? (laughs) But interestingly enough, she was still able to have a concert at an arena in Ogden, Utah, filmed for the video. Oh, I've been to Ogden. (laughs) Pretty country out there, by the way. Nice. Yeah, it's very cool out there. But that's interesting for Olivia Newton-John, though. Yeah, those same triggered people probably quickly changed their tune and rethought the situation a bit more objectively. And they're like, yeah, there's some dollars to be made. Uh Uh-huh, I bet they did. Yeah. (laughs) Well, to counter this particular song's overtly says that... (laughs) 
suggestive tone. <laughs> Olivia Newton-John took the liberty to film an aerobics-themed exercise anthem, if you will, that truly helped to emblazon the ever-familiar 80s pop culture fashion statement for the trend-hungry masses, making headbands and leg warmers hot and trendy, <laughs> uh, fashionable accessories both inside the gym, but especially outside the gym. <laughs> oh, yeah, pretty crazy, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is what we remember. Yes. And and no doubt, I'm sure this played in Richard Simmons' studio. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> totally remember, Bob. Doing that in the mornings. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking pre-sweating to the oldies. He used to be on TV. This was before he had a DVD collection. Anyway. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, crap. Due to these awesomely tubular developments, Olivia Newton-John helped to pave a wildly impressionable pattern into the booming music video industry at that time. Fun fact. Olivia Newton-John was awarded a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame for recording on August 5th, 1981. It was nice that she was awarded that honor early on in her career while she was still on fire. It sure is, Cooper. Yeah. Well, the success of Physical led to an international tour for which Olivia Newton-John was keenly proud of. (laughs) God. was keenly proud of. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, people have no idea, do they? None. We're absolutely, we have nuts on us today, this week. Completely. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. She is quoted as saying, and I quote, like everyone, I've got different sides of my personality. I have my dominant self, my need-to-be-dominated self, the sane Olivia, and the crazy Olivia. Playing these different characters gave me a chance to show strange parts people haven't seen much. End quote. Well, during this hot time in her career, you'd be happy to know that she wasn't just an all-work-no-play kind of gal. (laughs) So let's back up a bit to uh, 1980, when Olivia Newton-John filmed Xanadu. Do we have to? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) At least we won't. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So this was a pivotal endeavor for her because she eventually married her near and dear at the time, an actor starring in a bit part in the film. This actor is Matt Lanazzi. No, (laughs) Latanzi. What? until they married in 1984. (laughs) The couple naturally wanted children, but unfortunately it was said that uh, Olivia Newton-John suffered three miscarriages during their marriage. You know, and that is quite sad and most devastating for anyone desiring to parent. Absolutely. 
you know, and they suffer much pain of heart, but all is not lost because she and hubby welcomed their daughter together in January 1986, named Chloe Latanzi, who is very, very close to her mother. Ah, the mother and daughter bond was strong. Oh, very. They were best friends, really, and had gone on to do so much together, even career-wise. They sang and recorded tracks together over the years, and to this day, she still advocates and speaks highly of not only the legendary uh, superstar Olivia Newton-John, but most importantly, for her dear best friend and mother. Chloe was their sole offspring together. Olivia Newton-John and Matt Latanzi divorced in 1995. So following the ebb and flow of both the challenges of life and career, things were still tongue-in-cheek when Olivia Newton-John was primed for yet another comeback in 1992, when she put together and released her third hit collection entitled Back to Basics, The Essential Collection, 1971-1992, through 1992, along with a planned tour to promote this work. First time since her physical tour 10 years previous. Mm. Yeah. But life can be most unpredictable and tricky. So having said this, shortly after this album's release, our dear most beloved superstar, Olivia Newton-John, was diagnosed with breast cancer. Talk about one's world being turned upside down. Jeez. Yes, awful. It is. That's devastating news. Yeah. Especially back then, you know, really devastating. Oh, yeah. So this devastating development forced her to cancel the tour and all publicity for the album. To add insult to injury, poor Olivia learned of her breast cancer the very same week her dear father, Brinley, died of liver cancer. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. How tragic. Terrible. Oh, my goodness. So this is definitely not a caramel apple situation. Um. It's more about lemons at this point. Absolutely. Goodness, poor thing. Yeah. Well, true to female warrior fashion, Olivia Newton-John rose above those recent developments in her life and definitely made lemonade instead of falling underneath this scary diagnosis. Olivia Newton-John became a key advocate for extensive breast cancer research as well as other health issues. Hmm. She's obviously going to take one for the team. And it's nice that, you know... Because she was dealing with it, she's like, "Well, what can I do to help others?" She's amazing. She, I mean, it's like you know, we don't know her, but she seems like she's such an amazing person. She does, like genuinely a nice person. Yeah. Well, fun fact: due to what we've just learned of most positive approach to this insidious health issue, did you know that she was a product spokesperson for the Live Kit, which is a breast self-examination product named after her. These are heart-shaped devices to aid in detection of breast lumps. So talk about making lemonade. What a trooper. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, my goodness, she's doing all this this work for other people, you know, like she's taking the onus off herself to help be helpful to others. And she's sick as a dog. Come on. Yeah. It would be hard not to be swallowed up by what is happening in your life with stuff like that. She just lost yep. her dad. Her own illness. Surely she had a lot of bad days, but yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> cool. But you know, now living with metastatic breast cancer and in relation to the breast cancer diagnosis, Olivia Newton John is quoted as saying, and I quote, My cancer scare changed my life. 
I'm grateful for every new healthy day I have. It has helped me prioritize my life, end quote. So, again, she seems so very humble and sweet and very, very likable. I agree. You know, her diagnosis also affected the type of music she released. And she recorded some of her wonderful albums on into the 90s and the 2000s that chronicled her ordeal, like Gaia, One Woman's Journey in 1994. This album was the first in which Olivia Newton-John wrote all the music and lyrics herself, which this undertaking encouraged her to become more active as a songwriter. Oh, that's neat. Mm -hmm. Olivia Newton-John went on to do numerous creative endeavors in recent times. She and her life story is chock full of gems and is most fascinating career-wise, as well as being a superstar. So it's not surprising that she stole the heart of John E. Sterling, founder and president of the Amazon Herb Company, and found love again. Hmm. And they actually married in 2008. Nice. Mm -hmm. So a couple more high points to share before we tie up our discussion about Olivia Newton-John in this week's Orchard Trek is that she actively toured extensively in both the United States and Australia. She was pretty faithful about that. And in 2012, Olivia Newton-John teamed up with, get this, John Travolta for a charity album for their holidays. Okay. So that's somebody that was a dear close friend she collaborated with in later years. And then three years later, in 2015... (laughs) She charted a single on the Dance Club song chart um, with her daughter, Chloe. So as you can see, Olivia Newton-John was very, very busy. Fun fact. So it's neat to find out that also in 2015, Olivia Newton-John was inducted into the Music Victoria Hall of Fame. She really picked up some nice honors throughout the years. She sure did. (laughs) And as busy as she was, in May 2017... Olivia Newton-John's cancer had returned and metastasized to her lower back. Mm. It was during this latest news that it was revealed that there was an earlier reoccurrence of the cancer in 2013, in addition to her initial 1992 diagnosis. Mm. So at this time in 2017, unfortunately, it had spread to her bones and progressed to stage four. Poor dear Olivia. Oh, no. I know. That's absolutely terrible. Yeah, but ever the fighter, she had stayed busy with her career and still trying to look after her health. Mm-hmm. One of her last but most touching memorable projects came in January of 2021. Fun fact, Olivia Newton-John and her daughter Chloe recorded together a duet about unity. The music video peaked at number one on iTunes pop music video chart the week of its release. That's quite touching, huh, Kennard? It's very touching. (laughs) It's nice that they've got these, you know, moments of time together and doing what they love to do best. Yeah, I agree. But on a sad note, Olivia Newton-John lost her brave battle from cancer on August 8th, 2022, peacefully at her home in California. Multiple tributes were paid to the late songstress. But a neat standout one was from her dear longtime friend, John Travolta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who not too terribly long before this, lost his own dear beloved wife from the same exact illness. Yeah, in 2020. Mm. 
How tragic. Well, Olivia Newton-John, you will be missed. You know, it's so very sad that she was so sick battling breast cancer for so much of her mature years. Yeah. You know, now that she's quietly fallen asleep in death, that it's nice to know she's not suffering anymore. You know, her family and friends and adoring fans can take great solace in that. I agree. Olivia Newton-John had one of the most beautiful, melodic voices we've ever heard. She possessed real talent, beauty, and charm. She was amazing and carefree. So it's sad that there isn't a lot of talent quite like this anymore. But Olivia Newton-John definitely was the queen of classy. You know, in talent back then, Coop, we're not just talking about Olivia Newton-John because she's definitely a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about the whole nostalgic era back then. You know, it was definitely chock full of stars, like real stars that performed, sang, and acted for the endearing public. Yeah. Olivia Newton-John was genuine and such a class act. You know, she really had one of the greatest smiles ever. Absolutely legendary. Mm-hmm. She flashed that grin and effortlessly reeled those diehard fans in. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> <laughs> and having just learned that Olivia Newton-John had literally a 30-year row with breast cancer, she no doubt fought bravely for almost half of her life with this. But despite, she persevered, always with the iconic smile on her face, as you just mentioned. Yeah. So with her success ever gracious and talented, she will never be forgotten. I think she has a cancer foundation, if I'm not mistaken. But I hadn't completely checked into that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Whenever she would sing and dance, though, it was undeniable that amazing connection she had with her audience. Yet she always managed to stay so grounded and humble. Really. She just checked all the obvious boxes to be coined as a superstar. Oh, much agreed, Coop. (laughs) Well, this most certainly was an awesome Orchard Retro Trek this week. (laughs) (laughs) It sure was. We spoke at great length and learned a lot on the legendary superstar Olivia Newton-John. This bears to be repeated, but Olivia was essentially an icon in every true sense of the word. You know, when you hear the word icon... It really gets tossed around all of the time. Too much of the time, to be quite honest. But when it came to Olivia Newton-John, now she was a true icon, a legendary superstar of unsurpassed beauty, style, and talent. Olivia, we honestly miss you. Thank you for all the wonderful memories you left us with and for graciously sharing your beautiful light with all of us. 80s music is where it's at. Olivia Newton-John was truly a lady of the 80s. Love what you heard on this week's episode? Well, the answer is simple. To tune into future treks and to the Orchard Archives, meet up with us here next week. Same time, same place at the sweet spot. And it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a shining review and feedback. Spreading the word really is the best way to grow our podcast and explore more iconic memories. Thank you. Thank you.